Hi, I'm one of the blonde women who works in HR and thinks you can get some really amazing deals at Anthropology. It's Condé Nasty. I'm spending the day cold and alone. Some Valentine's traditions are worth keeping. It's Ursula the Sea Bitch. And this is Reading Drag Race, the show where we talk about whatever we want. But mostly RuPaul's Drag Race. Hi, Ursula. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. Uh, I've been trapped in my apartment because, you know, it's like three degrees below zero. So the heat's been on full blast and my poor dry Irish skin has just like part turned into parchment. I, I am sitting here like slathered in in lotion to restore myself. Oh, bitch. I, I oh, look bitch. like the photo negative of Simone. Just yeah. That's funny. Um, no, I, I get it. Especially in quarantine, I feel like I've had this, I'm going to pull out every like stray hotel lotion bottle I have and like try to use up all of my toiletries. And I had three bottles, two lotions, uh, and a body oil that were like very little left and none were optimal. And I like wasn't using them. And I mixed them to create, I think a very Simone approved like lotion body oil hybrid. Like they were all... They're the perfect hybrid, and at this point, I'm like, I might buy all three of these products again for this to be the new, the new it thing. But I am fucking lotioned up. I'm also unfortunately a landlord, so I have to go out and shovel, and then otherwise avoid going outside. <laughs> I also have a tenant who is like kind of nuts and bounds up all of the stairs, including the front stairs, and I don't know how to say it's the dead of winter. Are you trying to slip on ice? <laughs> the answer might be yes. Um, anyways, and, and on that touch of real everyday life, uh, we are here to recap and discuss RuPaul's Drag Race Season 13, Episode 7, the Bossy Rossi After Dark episode. I don't have much girls back in the workroom talk other than I appreciate that Candy appreciated Tamisha Amon and didn't feel great about sending her home. Yeah, that was, that was a nice moment. I, I always like a little emotional growth. Yeah, we get right into the into the library. Which, by the way, this is the first time we've seen Rue not in a suit in a long time. And seeing Rue with those long legs in that weird, cliche, gay man at an art gallery in the 90s, like, comedy, on platforms with those long, long legs was so funny. Yeah, uh, that top was, like, clingy in a way that no one but, like... Gigi Good would find flattering, so it was kind of like that is just it. It's like sausage casing you, and you're you're a skinny person. That's that. That was a choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, what did you think of this week's reading challenge? Uh, better than some. Not not legendary. Got I think Gottmik's you know gay trans pug one was probably the one that made me laugh the loudest. Same. Um. Every, I, I think everyone but Elliot turned in at least a competent showing. I thought it was bad. I just, I feel like I remember when I used to go to gay bars and I feel like insult comic was like kind of the deal for most drag queens, at least the ones who would hold the mic for a significant part of, portion of the time. And then there'd be a little bit of the sexy, sexy, dancey, dancey, Britney Spears inspired gays with flat asses. And it's weird to me to watch this now because I'm like, drag queens just need to be better at insult comedy than this. Like, uh, I, I think... I think it is they all are trying to be a little too nice. Like, there, even in the early seasons of the show, when the show was on TV, we still weren't at that point where everything would be immortalized on the internet forever. So I do think it makes them a little gun-shy to swing. Like, 
I also just don't think drag queens are insult comics as much as they used to be. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, cancel culture. I'm like, I'm happy with all the growth we've made in various areas. And you can tell a great joke um, without crossing certain lines. Um, But I I do feel like there's less space to swing and miss um, with a joke. You think they're so afraid of getting in trouble that they're not, they're prioritizing avoiding that over being funny? A little bit, yeah. Because they're not funny. Like, Gottmik was funny. End of list. I think Simone <laughs> had some good ones, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah, I'll say, uh, well, yeah, what I'll say is there were a couple that made me chuckle or, okay, that, that's that's fine. Um, no, Only Elliot really made me, like, cringe and, like, hide under my pillow uh, to, like, until it was over. <laughs> Yeah, I also just feel like the girls are harsh with Elliot. Yeah. Um, so then Rue divvies up the groups in a way that feels very intentional to, like, break up cliques. Um, it does seem like Utica and Olivia work together a lot, but I don't think they're really worried about them. Um, but other than that, it seemed intentionally like we're trying to get people who haven't interacted and and we're trying to get cliques to not be working together. Yeah, which made me wonder why they put Rosé and Denali together because they work together in the Disco Challenge. So it's the, I was kind of I think they're not worried about that relationship and they're not highlighting it on the show. Fair so enough. So it's like, whatever. Fair enough. I think really the quote-unquote mean girls were not going to be together for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, so, so the Bossy Rossi After Dark Challenge. Ross is very funny. This challenge, while having its moments was kind of excruciating for me it's not it's not shakespeare it's not i mean it's not it, and it wasn't even that it was bad overall it, here, here's my problem they either needed to give less prompt or more script because if you ever actually go to an improv thing you get the basic idea from the audience and then you let the details emerge so like an improv prompt is you're on this talk show you're both pregnant go not you are both pregnant with your imaginary boyfriend's baby. Like it was too specific to be good improv because it left very little room for a narrative to emerge. They just had to conform to the narrative without the benefit of a script. And I think it suffered as a result for me. Yeah. I, overall, I'm going to say I'm not somebody who loves like who loved nineties trashy daytime talk shows, though I think a huge chunk of this fan base uh, does and, or did. And, uh, I think I like an improv challenge. I do think this is broadly a good idea for this show. I agree with you that it does seem like the girls are getting not like they're getting really specific ideas without a script. And I think they either need to be broader or it needs to be a script. Yeah. Um, And I like on some level, the Queens are accountable for doing what they can with it and what are your improv skills. But on some level, it seems like they give them such detailed prompts, but no script that it weighs them down and it prevents it from actually being fun. Yeah. Um, that's sort of more a production note than anything. But yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like it would be better if it was more open-ended. Yeah. Like like your former best friends and coworkers, figure out why in the moment as opposed to here's very... It, yeah, it was just... It was too concrete. You got you to gotta pick one. You either are scripted or you're not. And if you're not... You have to let those wacky details emerge from the play. Um, yeah, 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 no, for sure, for sure. Uh, I will say I thought the discussion with the Olivia Gottmik Utica group was interesting from a perspective of 
Utica just serves gesture mime so much that to me, I would have gone with Utica, even though Olivia is an actor. It just, it seems like the reverse roles would have played to their strengths. I do love that Olivia was like, I'm going to mousily, passive aggressively fight like a high school girl does. Um, but in a way that I'm never actually conceding, I'm like, I just, this really speaks to me as all. Like, without ever saying, I really want to do this, will you please just let me do this? And then got the part. I think Olivia gets everything she wants on some level or another. Oh, it's a, um, it's amazing. And I would have gone the other way. Like, I, my impulse would be, Utica's a jester, you're an actor. Like, the other way around makes sense. I, I agree. If I were in charge, I probably would have given it to Utica. But I have to say, it is a joy. So, for, Like, I should be annoyed watching Olivia Lux just be beautiful her way through life. But I'm like, no. It's like it's like watching Stradivarius play a violin. I'm like, this is... I'm watching a master at work. This woman is very gently getting everything she wants and not getting any kind of blowback for getting getting what she wants i'm like you know what respect uh just it's beautiful to watch it really is um she works that like soft beta femme energy to actually quietly be a diva that's it's amazing it is Um, um so that's all i really from that portion of the show i'm cool getting into the skits so Rosé and Denali were good. Did they make me laugh out loud? Not really. They weren't bad. They they were not bad. They had very clear ideas. They worked together well. They had clear characterization. Yeah. Um. Maybe it's that I did. This was probably my least favorite setup. Yeah, I really didn't like the setup. Um. And then when Lala Ree comes out, it's like, ugh, ugh. I do think I really saw Lala Re relax and give in and participate and let go in a way that I saw dramatic growth from her as a performer. And I was impressed with what she did. There is some reservation built into doing this kind of character. Um, but I also think on some level it is just she's not as experienced a performer. Yeah. So I feel like I saw Lala Re improve and do a decent job. I do think the other two knew what they were doing more and had higher energy, but also their characters are higher energy. Yeah. Uh, who was next? Um, oh, the, the mime group. Um, I, I like, I get what Gottmik was going for. She was underplaying the therapist to like offset the craziness that was coming. It still didn't land for me. What, what, what did you think of Gottmik? I was so California. I loved it. Okay. I loved it. I loved the wig. I loved the makeup choice. I loved the styling and the structure and the fit of the suit. It was so Los Angeles professional with just a touch of new agey guru, but dragified in a way that I feel like if you've spent time on the West Coast, it might have spoken to you. And if you don't, you haven't, it probably doesn't. Okay. But I thought it was... Really well done. It is understated. I think she was in character and had like a present response the whole time. I do think she... So the characterization I liked and the way that she was like making... Like, you can tell she's sharp. She's making eye contact with Ross. She's got like replies. I do think that she needed to try to be funnier in doing that than she was. Okay. Olivia fucking blew me away. She like... 
She did a really good job. She yeah. did better than I thought she would by a long shot. Like, she was, and she was really funny. I laughed very loudly at everything she was doing. And, like, she was doing improv well. Like, she was, she was responding, she was in the moment, giving more, adding to layers. And, like, like the butter churn joke, it's like the perfect encapsulation of a joke that's like, my inner 12-year-old thinks this is the funniest thing they've ever heard. Just, I... Yeah. Like, I, I kept expecting there to be some gag reveal at the end. Oh, yeah, I minored in mime. I, I slept with Marcel Marceau once in Paris in the 40s. Like, just just like... She has a BFA in musical theater. So, like, the, the give, express, like, be sure your face is communicating these emotions. I mean, like, th- that itself is enough of an explanation for me of, like, why yeah. she would have actually been very good at this. Yeah. Utica once again fell victim to her like anchoring herself to her weirdness because if she were just that care like I assumed when she came out the gag was going to be oh the mom just never shuts up so the daughter responded by becoming a mom I thought that was going to be the joke and it's a perfectly serviceable interpretation but then it went off the rails and into a Starbucks also I do think there is something to a lot of Comedy comes from the unexpected. I think, like, someone like Katya and, on some level, Tammy Brown relies on that in a lot of the mm-hmm. comedy delivery. And there is a lot to be milked there in the right format for an improv group. And, like, this was not it. And whatever she was trying to land as the characterization, she was too preoccupied with also being weird. I do think her goal was to be a woman who's constantly talking and then as soon as her child, like, makes a face, she, like, shushes her. But she wasn't talking enough from the second she turned the corner. Right. And then it just felt like it was about Starbucks, not about... She needed to, like, say the thing about Starbucks quickly and then start going on another tangent and then go on another, another tangent. tangent. And then the yeah. second Olivia, like, literally makes eye contact with her, goes like, shh, do you see this? She's talking all the time. Talk, talk, talk. I just, yeah. I can never get a word in edgewise. And she, I think that was what she thought she was yeah. doing, and she didn't. Yeah, I, I think it might be one of those, you, you see this sometimes when you do improv games as team building exercises, which I think is the eighth level of hell. Um, but it's when someone comes into the improv with their idea already loaded in their head. And I think that's a little bit of what Utica did. And maybe this was also the fault of the setup that was a little too Byzantine for its own good. But it's like Utica walked in with all the things I think in her head she wanted to do. But that kind of precluded being in the moment. And that I think that's what was missing the most. Utica wasn't in the moment with with Olivia. And I'll say like... Like, Gottmix didn't give me life personally, but I totally agree that when it was the two of them on set together, they were in the same scene working at the same idea. Yeah. And you didn't get that from Utica. Um, what'd you think of Candy? Okay, I have, like, a monologue on this. Give me space. Please, please. I feel like there was an era of, like, early reality TV where you'd see these, like... You'd see, like, some somebody on reality TV who was, like, somebody's daughter. I'm thinking, like, very Brooke Hogan, where it was, like, a muscular, like, kind of mannish, tanned, chemically, like, blonde, straightened Mm -hmm. hair girl who had, like, all these pink accessories and pink clothes. And it felt like feminizing a very non-feminine girl who tries to act demure and feminine. And it, it just... It 
doesn't fit her so much there's like a inherent comedy to it and i feel like candy really tried to um bring that and i thought she did and i think she was i think simone's concerned that candy is big and and talk can be loud talky you know trashy talk show uh and this is not the moment to try to not be candy muse was absolutely right i agree with like if i was simone i would also be like this is not it i see what candy was trying to do she mostly got there i think she mostly got there because of the the outfit did a lot of the work for her when ross would say something kind of sassy she'd be like you bitch so it was still there that she like couldn't fully pull back but i think it would have been better if she started that way and then turned up the dial to Candy Muse to like at a 50. Yeah. But she didn't. Like, so it wasn't a train wreck. It wasn't bad. At first, I thought she was going to totally bomb and be in the bottom again. But it did actually land for me. That said, it was also dwarfed by the fact that Simone came in and performed her character effortlessly. Yeah. Yeah. I thought my, my take when I watched it was that Candy overcorrected. She was, like, too quiet, and it wasn't really landing. She did. She did, but I do think there was enough going on between her being sweet, but then also calling Ross a bitch, and the, the what she was reminiscent of in her appearance, that I do feel like it wasn't like okay. she bombed. Yeah, I like Are it. you like, I saw it as totally bombing? Uh, eh, maybe not totally bombing, but bombing-ish. Like, like uh, after the episode, uh, you know, like, when I when my maid brings me my morning tea in the papers, I do like to read through the commentary on this week's Drag Race. It's how I stay connected to the world. And the commentary, it seemed to love it. They were all like, Candy's great. I'm, and, like, several places that I respect that were like, oh, Candy nailed it. I'm like, nailed it? Really? See, and- I think she pulled back too much. Yeah. And I think... I think she should have started the way she started and then got like, yeah, it should I have see increased. That. And I think if she did that, it would have been great. For me, it was like, this was a B minus of you doing something that I didn't think you could do at all. Fair. Yeah. And on that level, I'm impressed. Simone definitely eclipsed her. Oh, Simone and I don't think she yeah. needed to be eclipsed. But I also think Simone would have eclipsed almost anybody in this challenge. Yeah. Oh my God. Those. The gag of the candles was genuinely funny. And I'm like, this shouldn't work. This should feel too... Pre- it, it, it speaks to the skill of her delivery that what was a prepared joke didn't read like a prepared joke. Every time she pulled out another candle, I was dying. Well, she felt effortless and like the wheels were turning. She was just being this girl in the moment. Yeah. She made a point to think about it ahead of time and have a way to like comically deliver these concepts... And then just, like, relax. It, like, in a Julianne Moore and, like, talking about acting, like, you need to relax and be present in it and just, like, relax and experience it as it's happening as opposed to, like, turning your wheels and thinking about your next move. Yeah. Can I say, I feel like Simone is, in the world of Drag Race, you know, there's, like, everybody has their different strengths and skills and, like, personas, whatever. I don't think we've ever quite had somebody like Simone who is funny can act, is a look queen, but cannot sew, and is not a great dancer. Like, I think the, I think in the grab bag of skill sets, I don't think we've ever had like a, you're a 10 in these three things, but like a not in these other things. Like almost all the other look queens can sew. Yeah, yeah, that, that tends to go together. 
Yeah. Yes. So, anyways. Um, no, she was amazing. She was she was great. Uh, and then finally, Tina and Elliot. Um, uh, it was not good. It was just not. And I don't know how much more I have to say than that. I think the whatever thing they were thinking they said they said they didn't say and i'll say this she's supposed to have a 600 pound ass that was a 50 60 pound ass not for the first time in my life and i'm am i gonna say not enough ass i mean preach (laughs) um i think it was an uninteresting prompt and i think tina did the best she could with it she's a skilled actress but i don't think she really has star power she did a competent job, which I always know she will at least deliver that in these challenges. Yeah. Elliot tried but could not meet her energy. And whatever the backstory they were trying to communicate was, I don't think they really got there. And it felt like they were going through the motions. And I have to give Tina credit. Elliot was buying, but Tina kept her energy up trying to like pull it up. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that Tina stayed like a consummate professional. And I think I just like Elliot so much that I like, I feel bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I it, watching, it wasn't like I was looking at Elliot going, good God, girl, just, just get that bus ticket home now. It was, or like, what are you even doing here? It was more just like, nothing here is working. And I couldn't even say if it's someone's fault. The prompt was again, excruciatingly boring. If they had said literally anything, you are friends who are not friends anymore. You are friends, and one of you is in love. Like, just, you gotta stop there. This extra stuff you added on. Well, just... that's the, I actually got the impression that their prompt was so, was actually pretty vague compared to some of the other ones, and they themselves filled in the backstory, but then they didn't yeah. say anything that filled it in. Yeah. That was supposed to set up and make their other jokes funny, and I mean, I don't know what the editing is, but from my perspective, yeah. it's like, if you're gonna fill those in, and they're critical to the subsequent jokes you, like, written in your head and you're gonna make then you gotta like be sure to make it clear to us so that we can like follow and i don't think they did that um yeah so meh unfortunately yeah yeah Uh, did you like any of these i liked olivia and i liked simone a lot they were hilarious to watch. Like, like even just Olivia, like, moving her hand over her face to transition it from sad to happy made me cackle. Like, yeah. it was one of those, like, that was just one of those, I, I would watch Olivia and Simone read the phone book, uh, microwave a bowl of soup, um, maybe file their taxes. Like, but, like, there is no activity that they could do that would not leave me enraptured. So that was as much a credit to their immutable star power than than anything else they were doing because the setup for like improv is one of those improv is like poetry for me where the great stuff is life-altering it is like the most interesting funny thing you will ever see anything short of transcendental greatness is like having bamboo shoots dug under your nail beds just there's no such thing as mediocre improv because it's great or terrible and <laughs> I don't think my view is quite as extreme, but I take your meaning and I, I'm in the same direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah no, I, you are not given to my hi- hyperbolic bend. I know that about us. <laughs> yes. Um, that's it for the main challenge. Um, the discussion in the workroom before the runway, the discussion about Elliot and clinical depression 
and her sort of feeling left out within the group. What did you think of that whole moment with Tina Burner, etc.? Um, it was nice. It, it humanized them both. Yeah, I, I don't really have a much deeper thought on that. It's like, it was, it was nice. It was, it was nice. Cause my problem with Tina has been, she's, I think she's trying to be the, the talking head of the season every second she's on camera, regardless of where the camera is or what they're doing. So kind of stepping back from that, this was the emotional equivalent of her putting on a blonde wig and it made her look much better. I agree. <laughs> she seemed like capable of empathy. Yeah. Um, I do also feel like a lot of people in the LGBT community carry a lot of trauma oh, and yeah. suffer from depression that has a lot to do with that lingering trauma. I think being born into a world where as soon as you're able to understand that everything you're doing is, or everything you are is being told is wrong or not what you're supposed to do, really affects and sits with people and they don't want to examine it. And I think that oh, yeah, I... clinical depression is so broad but it was interesting to hear them talk about that in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think everyone should be in therapy and it should be provided for free for your entire life with tax dollars. Because especially for people in the queer community, something I've been thinking a lot about lately is we, we get very good at managing the crisis and the problems of our upbringings. And I don't th I think a lot of us never learn quite how to turn that off. We never... We never learn how to do better than just surviving, and we deserve yes. better. And we deserve better than that. I agree. As, as my own therapist has helped me to realize. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that's true. Um, all right, and with that, we're going to take a quick break and then take it to the runway. Isolated at home, desperate for human contact, but afraid of risking the other side of your front door, wondering if you still remember the scent of a man. Distant Daddy Deliveries is here to help. Once a week, we'll send a handsome silver fox to your home who will maintain six feet of physical distance and a world of emotional distance, just like your real father. Do you find you miss the feeling of never being good enough? Do you ache for disapproving silence? Have you finally given in to the fact that you'll only ever love men who will never love you back? Distant Daddy Deliveries is here for you. And Reading Drag Race has a special offer code just for you. Go to the website and enter the code FREUDIAN for all your disapproving father figure needs. And for those of you looking for the opposite experience, we'll be setting up our other service where we send you an oversharing mother with no boundaries, whose well-intentioned support still sometimes feels oppressive like a weighted blanket, next week. And we're back. Uh, this week's category for the runway is Beat It. And uh, our guest judge is T.S. Madison, who was delightful. I agree. Yeah, she was great. Um, it's, I mean, we've said it before, but anyone who's like clearly actually a fan just makes for such a more fun judging experience than whoever is here to flog their new movie and their rep thinks this will be good with their key demo. Like just, uh, anyway, um, another look for Rue that I like, it's very good, but it isn't quite the like, holy fucking shit, um, that I thought we were getting like earlier this season and and uh, a little bit last season, but still gorgeous. Looks looks yeah. lovely. Okay, so first on the runway was Denali, and I really, really, really liked this look and thought while she should not have won this week, I agree with her. She should have been in the top. It was a very good look. I was underwhelmed by the performance, so I'm not like I mean to me she was safe. 
she might have been the third in the top three. Yeah, that's whatever. where I th- that's where I, that's where I would have put her uh, third okay. in the top three. Um, but it is an amazing look. I think it's a fun take on the challenge. It looks great. It's draggy and arty and big. Uh, my only tiny critique is I didn't like how she painted uh, her under eyelid, uh, like that kind of like like thick, cartoony, watery eyeline. I thought a softer eye might have served to look better, but she does that a lot. She yeah. has big eyes and she really plays with that. I'm not always a fan, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, who is next? Um, Rosé. Rosé. I get what she was going for. I hated the wig. Um, I also think it's one of those, I get that it is made out of beads, but it didn't read as beads to me when she was walking it. So it becomes one of those, you technically, did. you did the letter of the challenge, but did you do the spirit of the challenge? So this was a, she was safe for me. Uh, like between the performance she of the was solidly safe. safe for me this was fine it's a fun tinkerbell idea i do feel like it's like technically this is a type of bead we're not seeing beads moving or anything so much of the fun of beads is missing from this so it's not really the spirit of the challenge which is like that's when you say maybe not yeah maybe something else uh next up was lala re um sweet sweet lala re who this is like the third week in a row where she's walked basically I glued some stuff to a to a tube top and a miniskirt. I think this is like a over Amazon Carnival look plus just like generally a nude bodysuit for somebody of her complexion that had tears in it. And here's the upsetting thing. I saw this and I was like, oh good. Because I feel like my bar for Lala Ree's runways is so low that I was honestly relieved to see this. And I like the I like I like Carnival stuff. Yeah. I liked it kind of in a vacuum, it's not enough for this stage. And I think the fact that I was happy to see it because I expect so much worse is like a good indication of, I think Lala's out of her league here. Yeah, this would have killed on season one and not since. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, It's not even like it's bad. Like, please wear it to Mardi Gras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gottmik was next in her anal bead costume. And I gotta say, this was kind of a meh for me. Um... I, I've been rewatching a bunch of pit stops. Like, rather than rewatch a whole season, I'll just, like, have the pit stop for that season on while I, like, do stuff around my house. And I was going through uh, All Stars 4, and Latrice wore the thing with the very similar headpiece. And uh, then I was watching the one for season 11, and Vanjie had one with this. Like, this just feels like I've seen it before, and there was nothing else new about it other than it's like it's an inflatable head bead thing. I, it, I, I can think of like four or five looks that walked it. So it was fine and it was perfectly well executed. It just did nothing for me. Someone was going to do it because someone was going to do it. Yeah. If it's a bead challenge. Um, I think it was very well done for what it was. Yeah. It, it was just safe for me. And yeah, Gottmik's brand seems to be a push a little above that. But it, again, it's I, maybe I am judging Gottmik a little unfairly because I do expect... Even if it's something that's not my favorite thing, I'm still like, no, no, I, I respect the crap, the, the like insane amount of editorial genius going into this. And this just felt like, oh, this is a bead look next. So what did you think of Olivia Lux? Uh, what a gift. What a gem. What a warm, glowing, warming glow. I just like she's so happy and she just radiates that happiness out to the universe and like it infuses her drag like. I like the look. I, I thought it was also like a cute look on beat. Like the beads were numerous in different colors and big enough that I think if the beads were, and if, if the wig were any less perfectly done than it is, 
it would feel like it wasn't meeting the challenge as is it actually feels very much like it meets the challenge and it was adorable and delightful and yeah loved it this is the second time that olivia has walked a look that is interesting and something new but we saw another girl this season walk it like two episodes before oh the, the boxing thing that yeah. simone wore and then she wore two weeks later and it made sense in both contexts but it did feel like oh simone wore it better this feels like I actually loved the wig when Candy wore it, but hated the outfit. This feels like this look completed in a way that makes sense. I liked it. It was fun. I do feel like Olivia got, like, cut at the knees twice, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. for her. It is. A, like, for a second, I thought, wait, did she steal Candy's wig? Like, nope, nope, it's bigger, different shape. It's, it's but still. Um, yeah, it was cute. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking credit away from Olivia for coming up with these things beforehand for these it categories. Is, it is I think just it's unfortunate that, that yeah. the timing is, yeah. The boxing um, one was the real heartbreaker because Simone did do it so much better. So it was like a one-two punch. This, you can say, I, I like this more than I liked Candy's interpretation of, of where you But I hair. liked both. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of Utica's look? I didn't get it. I, it didn't read B to me. It was like, this was like white wedding, red wedding, some color of wedding, and you slap some pearls on it. And I did not get how this, I this did not feel responsive to the challenge. And they fell out over it, and I didn't get that. I don't know. I think it's a great look, and there are so many beads within sort of the bodywork of it. There's like a fair amount draping from it. Yeah. That it does work. It does feel like she had this, she might have made it for this, maybe not, but it is like Utica needs to add a whole other element that has a whole other level of theater or art or statement or story to it. Yeah. And it has beads. I like that Utica does that. Um, it's not bead forward, but it's bead enough to work. I liked it. Also, I think it's interesting that Utica is such a large person and can pull off a Mia Farrow wig. Yeah. All right. Candy, I, I did not... Uh, did I? I'm debating between saying I didn't get it and I didn't like it. I like the head. I like. I like the neck up. I like the hat. I like the hair. I like the face. I don't like. There we go. I don't like the look. It is too much beige. Oh, I think it's like like Jennifer Aniston built a whole career on just being like a haze of golden beige. <laughs> um, I think that this is sexy haze of golden beige luminous perfect beat all this sort of warm golden color um with beads sort of dripping all around her in a way that looks like she's it's raining and it's like a very sexy rich look um it's not it's not reinventing the wheel in any way i thought it met was responsive to the challenge and i thought she looked beautiful and it's a clear concept Oh, I, I will agree with all of that. Uh, you, you are correct. Write it down that I said that to you because I'm not going to say it very often. Um, maybe it just, uh, yeah, it's just maybe it's just not connecting with me. Maybe I need, may, maybe in my next therapy session, I will work on any lingering resentment that I haven't resolved about Candy Muse and how she treated Tamisha, who I like a lot more. But that that that's me, not her. So, um, Simone's, I love. Oh, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I have very little to say beyond I loved it. I am somebody who still wishes she would wear more body, but I also think given how much nude stuff she does, it's like would be restrictive. So I get it. Uh, the one thing I 
I do want to say about Simone that I one of the things, aside from all the normal things I usually love about Simone's looks, what really got me about this one was it was still visibly beads. And I think, like, even as it made, like, a textile or a pattern, you still looked at them, those are hair beads. And I love... that. That's just knocking it out of the park, where it's like she made a look out of the thing and it made it look like something else, but it didn't lose its character as the thing you made it out of. Loved that top to bottom. Loved yeah, it. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All, yes, that is all true. Tina Burners, I will say, I do appreciate that this week she's been responsive to the you do not wear wigs that are appropriate for your face and head shape. And this week she definitely made a point to pull something out that actually made, like, that proportionizes her at all. Um, this sort of obvious here are my boobs beads Mardi Gras moment, I don't I, Maybe, like, this is just too trashy for me. I hated this. Um, I, like, actively hated it. Yeah, the internet really didn't like it. And I, I was like, I'm oh, I'm glad she's wearing a wig that, like, makes any sense for her face shape as a drag queen. And then otherwise I was like, I get it. And I get that there's beads, but it's so, like, are you from Tampa? Are you? Because that would, like, explain a lot of your choices. Well, it's like the, the boob cups are beaded but they look weird and when she took them off the boobs looked like i get i get it's supposed to be comedy but it's like it looks like you like those boobs weren't even sitting on your chest they were hanging in the deflated bib of the front of your dress which made them look weird and the dress itself is in colors that are not flatter like it this whole look i mean it's mardi gras it's it's Mardi Gras fun and colorful. This was not... This but was, I'm saying those are the colors get, of Mardi Gras. I mean, I get that, but the way they are being used was not a way that was visually pleasing. And, I agree. Um, like, God, Trixie Mattel's words, what was it? Uh, all Like, camp without the fun just ring in my head when I look at this look. It's like, it, it's like Mere Universe Bianca Del Rio. Just, like... Okay. Ugh, sorry, I just... I Yeah, Tina should have been in the bottom. This look is awful, and Tina should not have been in the bottom. They had a terrible prompt and she was in character the full way through and tried to lift drowning Elliot. <laughs> Tina, like, I don't like Tina Burner, but Tina Burner absolutely, and she listened on the wig. She did not belong on the bottom as not compelling as this outfit was. All right. I'll, 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 I, I will think about that for a while. Uh, moving on to Elliot. This was my favorite look of the entire runway i love everything from the 1920s i love new orleans i do like a well-executed version of a mardi gras color palette yes i thought it had an interesting and elegant minimalism to it her hair fascinator was big and draggy the way it needs to be she is a drag queen with small androgynous enough features to pull off that little clapper wig she did the charleston on the runway i conceptually my favorite is simone's actually my favorite from this runway by a long shot elliot's i loved this uh no i i I really liked it too my one quibble is i want the hem to be like half an inch lower i want just a little more hem uh on on that dress but that's that's a comparatively minor complaint it's made out of beads it's very well done um, she she did drag Flapper, not just Flapper. It works. I still like Simone's more, and I probably emotionally like Olivia's more, but Elliot's right up there. Very well done. Yeah, yeah. Certainly the best she's looked on the runway. Yeah, uh, no, it's her, definitely her best yeah. look. Because I do think a lot of her other stuff is like, 
passable drag that's underwhelming for this stage. Yeah. And this was passable drag that is compelling on this stage. Yeah. Um, all right. So we get our tops and bottoms. And so the tops this week are Olivia, Simone, and who else? Candy. Candy was in the top three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. See, this, um, is, this is what I was saying. Candy was not a top three for me. They loved her look. And I, I get... I understand intellectually all the points you made about it. I still just went. Oh, for me, Candy was solidly safe this week. Yeah. I like didn't even contextualize that she was in the top because uh, that like doesn't make sense. I think I like didn't compute that. Now that you say it, I remember, but I like yeah. it like did not resonate with me. I thought Simone was going to win this week. Olivia won. I think Simone, for me, kind of deserved the win more. But it is a little bit of a situation where I'm like. These are solidly my top twos. If I had to pick, I'd pick this one. But this one won. Yeah. I'm mad about it either way. Yeah, you know what? Neither of them needed another win. Whoever was getting it was just gilding the lily there. So they'll they'll, they'll both be fine. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And then the bottoms were Utica, uh, Lala Ree, and, and Elliot. Okay, so what are your thoughts on the bottoms this week? Do you think these are the right bottom three? I agree with Lala Ree. Her Her look was underwhelming. Her performance was underwhelming. I agree with Utica. Her performance was was just off kilter in a way that was not pleasing the way we know she can. And her look was not enough to save her. I, I get all of the good points in favor of the look. I don't think it's one of those. The look was so good it pulled her out of the bottom. And who does that leave for me in the bottom? Like, Elliot. Well, yeah, like I'm debating who would I swap out for. Uh, and Elliot's was also. Yeah, she was not great. She was she was she was not. She was the opposite of great in her challenge. But her look is very good. So I'm trying to think if I was gonna swap anyone out, you know, I, you know what? I don't think like unless uh, I wouldn't. Yeah, These are the bottom three for me. Yeah, I, I will accept be, because I am a neutral arbiter and I take my oath to the drag constitution seriously. I appreciate Tina Burner did do as well as one could in her challenge. Um, so the look would maybe would not be bad enough to make her not in the bottom three. Um, but she would be who I'd want to put in there because I just really don't like that look at all. So Utica's safe, and I'll I'll agree with that. I think of the three looks on... Eh, well, now I'm sitting here talking myself out of it. I like Elliot's look more than Utica. I, I honestly... Here's my take on this. Yeah. I feel like Utica has done well, and this was a strong... Not the strongest, but a good look for this runway. She obviously, like, got in her head and, like, took herself off kilter not being... I, I mean, honestly, she wasn't 101 improv enough with this, and she needed to be. Um, that she absolutely belonged to the bottom three, but I think we're far enough along in the season that she's earned enough grace to be given grace to not be put in the you need to lip sync. There we go. And I also yeah. think they knew she couldn't lip sync to save herself against either of these girls in that dress, and she's done some really compelling things. So we're not going to lose her now. That's fair. Um, yeah, Elliot. I, and I think Elliot and Lala Reed thus far, to be honest, for me, this was Lala Reed's best week and i'm on individually i am proud of her i'm pleased with what she put down the runway and what she did in that performance she is absolutely out of her league and has overstayed her welcome and she grew and had a good week and she seemed good this week but she's also just out of her league she absolutely belonged to the bottom two and i think elliot's performance she was so joyless in it that it was that bad even some of the other ones that were mediocre they at least like were trying to be funny and it felt like Elliot looked like a deer in headlights while saying things a lot of the time. 
This is the right bottom too. That said, for me, la, like if Elliot was gonna be, if Elliot was able to perform close to at Lala's level, Lala was gonna go home. Yeah. What did you think of the lip sync? So the lip sync was to Kelly Clarkson's "Whole Lot of Woman." Am I remembering that correctly? It's been forty-eight hours. That's a long time for me. I believe so. Um, it said had something about being a Texas girl, which uh, Elliot actually is. Came up in the Dallas pageant system and then moved to Vegas, which isn't—it's just a common path yeah. for the Texas girls. Elliot really surprised me. Um, Elliot's a trained dancer. Yeah, she. she so she, I knew going in that we let Lala would try and Elliot would try. I knew going in we'd at least get a good performance from both of them. Yeah, I think Elliot really wanted this. Oh yeah, I yeah, knew this like, song. Yeah, it was the. The, the non-technical elements were what really shined for Elliot in a way that surprised me. Um, so, fair play to her. I, th- I think she cleanly won the lip sync. So do I. I think she added levels and layers to it. I think she came up in the Dallas pageant system and she's lip synced to this song before. <laughs> I think she knew exactly how to work a crowd for it. Yeah. And I think she is hungry and wanted this and she was gonna win that lip sync. Yeah. I thought she did a really good job. I also, I'll, I'll say it again. Based on that performance, I am sure she's lip synced to this before and gotten a whole lot of singles at, at like the Roundup in Dallas before. Yeah. So, uh, so Lala re-sashays away and, and it was time. Just, you know, you look at the, at the cumulative results and it's like, nah, it's, we're at that point. Yeah, I like Lala. Oh I yeah, do. she's great. She's From the start, I was like, I just think she's too green for this. Yeah. And even, like this week it being like this was a really good showing for her and her good showing is still her in the bottom two says she's been here too long. Yeah. I, I would act, I would love to see her on All Stars. Like I think she'd, she'd be a great one of the like there's always one or two All Stars that leave in like the first half of the season and I think she'd be a great one. Like she's got charisma. She's got. I'll give you that. She's got I'll give the you face. That. I do yeah. feel a little bit like what I would. I mean, the franchise is trying to do so many different things. What I would actually like to see is, and Alaska's talked about this before, like a redemption season. Yeah. Where and you know that on some level it is like like my number one casting is for it is Layla McQueen, who I think like was so young and green but is very talented and like kimchi praises is like the best makeup artist in drag um who is a chicago queen and works on a ton of local stuff like i think i would love a season where it's like girls who at the earliest were on like four seasons ago or at the most recent were on like four seasons ago Mm -hmm. girls who got sent home in the first half who've really stepped their pussies up yeah competing in a season like i want girls who got uh, who like as far as we can tell from the outside got a lot better in the like few years since all on a season yeah and i fun. want rupaul's redemption race and i want them because i actually i'm gonna say something that may be controversial but brave right now i actually think that might be a lot more entertaining than a lot of the recent all-star seasons they would certainly want it more they would have less established national brands to be concerned about and they, they'd be hungrier. Yeah, I'd see it. I'd see it. Okay, so that's the episode. Uh, did you watch Untuck this week? I watched like the first 15 minutes and then gave up because nothing no. interesting was happening. 
Like yeah. Denali is very in her feelings about not at least being in the top three because she thought that she she direct quote she thought that was her best look she brought with her and thought it would be enough to at least get some critiques and I, it's one of those I get where she's coming from I get she wants some attention and she's starting to get a little jammed and it's a little weird um, but also yeah the girls who are constantly safe getting really upset. Um, and then vocalizing it to the camera as opposed to just continuing to plug away and try and like just never just do never it. say it out loud look. never say it out loud yeah yeah Ooh, but the face crack when she was safe she could not hide that on that stage that was visible to the camera and the camera ma- and the editor made sure i saw it um, yeah no for sure all right uh what's up next week they, i think they have a musical uh, uh, jamal sims is on next week oh so I think yeah, it's a musical yeah. Number. i love jamal sims like I just like when he's there. Oh, he's such a he's got such a, like a warm energy. Oh, love he really him. does. Yeah, like like I feel very safe when he's on the screen. Um, I agree. That's it for this week's episode of the show. That said, did you watch any of the Dan Levy skits on SNL? Um, I caught like the "It Gets Better" one. That was pretty funny. Um, I didn't watch the rest yet. Okay, I watched a few. I haven't watched the whole episode, and I've got to say. I did think he would be fine in that format. He's very good. Like, I know that he is, like, child of world-renowned improviser yeah. um, and has Shit's Creek, so it's not like... I expected him to go in and be terrible. Um, but he was so good. He was one of those people where people were like, I feel like he should be on the cast of SNL because he's able to improvise and land the comedy of these scenes so effectively in a way that feels very David Rose most of the time. Yeah. Um, but he was... I I expected him to be good. I, I didn't put like a lot of weight on it. But watching it, I was just so impressed with what he was able to bring. Like In, in a way where I'm like, your cast members should be this good. Yeah, he's... Uh, well, I think he also has like a little something to prove where it's like... The, you know, you, you want to do this to show... He doesn't anymore. Yeah, where it's... I'll say this right now. I think Dan Levy just like checked a box in like public opinion of him yeah that by is- doing that one snl skit or that one snl episode because he proved he is indisputably the son of eugene levy and can improv with the best of them yeah yeah well i want nothing but good things for that man and i love how i love his ability to wear clothing he like just it's him and billy porter anytime they're on screen i'm just like i'm del- i could never wear this because it would look ridiculous on me but this is delightful to look at on you yeah look inward girl <laughs> and on that note uh thank you everyone so much for listening please rate review and subscribe i've been conde nasty i'm Ursula the bye, bye.